Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Friday, April 14th in the year 2023. As we get ready to head into the weekend, and hopefully everybody's going to have a very blessed Saturday, time to do some planting. At least here it is. Starting to get some good weather warming up a bit. So tomorrow in goes the carrots, the beets, the potatoes, Probably a little bit late on potatoes, but we've had such wet and cold lately. I've been a little bit cautious to get too far ahead of it. Last year when I started early, I ended up losing two rounds. I, I started tried to plant in March, and I lost, I don't know, something like 20 or 30 tomato plants I had started from seed. And then I did it again, and I lost them again on a snap freeze that happened right at the end of April. And finally, I got them in mid-May. So tomorrow is more root vegetable stuff, which will be good. One thing, and speaking of that, is the food issue, which is so important to understand. Control the food, control the people, control the fuel, control the country, control the money, control the world. So there's effectively two things to keep in mind. And that's where we have these great sponsors. And one of those is My Patriot Supply. They're not going to solve all your food problems. But My Patriot Supply is about getting that base core amount of stuff you need per person, 90 days. A food kit that is on the shelf can last for 20 years, and you don't have any worry when it's there. So that allows you to have a foundation that if you get caught short, you have to quickly do a bug out or something, or just in that transition of crisis in the middle of the winter or wherever you want to hold the stocks, whatever that is, you've got a core amount of food for each person, 90 days worth. So check them out at My Patriot Supply. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out. MyPatriotSupply.com Patriots, uh, tonight we're going to start with a prayer, a couple prayers. And I know today we had a really amazing prayer Friday again with Bended Knee. If you haven't been part of that, I really encourage you to join us on Friday. And that's Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific where we do Prayer Fridays. Our show goes for about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half. And it's just once we get started, we just start praying for people. And, and it's people that have submitted prayers. So if you have prayers... You can share them in chat or you can send them over. There's a on our family room and then there's other places that we have connections on Telegram for prayers. And I'll get set up an email that you can email them in here as well. And we may have missed a few today. If we did, we'll put them out on Sunday or Monday. If I'll go through, because once in a while we do. And uh, so, I mean, if I say that because if, if we've missed your prayer, I apologize. We do get quite a few of them, and they've been coming in on a lot of different channels, and that's why it kind of gets challenging because we, I'll get some in email, and we'll get some in, in chat, and we'll get some. So we're trying to consolidate, and I'll try to get that handled in a week or so. So there's one central email you can put them in at. But anyway, this came from a, a longtime supporter of the channel. I'm not going to give her name out. She's an amazing woman in Christ. And her and her husband were in a unbelievable accident and they survived, but uh, she's asking for prayer. So I want to read this. This came in just a little earlier tonight. 
please pray for the pain my husband and I have in our bodies, as well as the young man who hit us. I'm going to tell you honestly, when I read this story, I, I didn't have as much grace as, I'm just being honest, I didn't have as much grace as she did. This guy that's driving, I was like, man, he deserves to get smacked. But she's beautiful in her heart and is praying for him and grateful that he wasn't injured. And I, that's how I should have responded. But I was a little in a little different headspace when I read this the first time because I care a lot for these two people. They're wonderful people. And you'll understand why in a minute. Ta let's see. To, tonight, uh, my husband and I were in a terrible car accident last night. We are alive. The driver hit my husband's truck and it was totaled. We have been waiting over three months to get it fixed. It's gone. The truck doesn't matter. Life is precious. My husband and I were at a stop sign at Biggs. It's in Northern California. We looked down the road to cross it, a country road at, that was listed as 35 miles per hour. There were no cars. We got to the center line in the street when we were hit in an instant. All I got out was Jesus in a scream. The young man was driving 78 miles per hour and texting, the police said. His car lifted my husband's old diesel truck up onto my passenger side, 7,000 pounds of vehicle, and moved us down the road in the opposite direction. Thanking Jesus, none of us were killed. The young man's airbags didn't go off, and neither did ours. My husband and I were knocked out. I came to with my husband shaking me and screaming, My God! I ended up with my right foot on the dashboard and my head off the seat hanging between my husband and me. My husband's head hit the window. His back is bruised. His neck and shoulder are tender. No broken bones, just concussions and whiplash. It really is a miracle. This morning, we are hurting, but fine. My hip must have hit the door. My right arm did, and it's bruised. My husband got glass in his head. I'll need to pick it out. We are in more shock than anything. We still can't believe it. The boy was walking that hit us. He got a ride from his, from his friends to the hospital, I was told. The ambulance, the ambulance took me because I was vomiting. The young man was still there at the hospital when my husband and I left, sitting in the waiting room. It's just unreal. His car went under my husband's side and came out towards the front driver's tire. In total, it was a miracle that the kid lived. Thank you, Jesus. He was 18 years old. God has had his hands on us for sure. Friends ended up at the scene, and my oldest son took care of the towing of my husband's truck. It's all just unreal. Miracles still happen. We just need prayers for healing and, and muscles and muscle pain and all and that I don't and that I don't get any blood clots at, from this and from my previous sickness I sent this uh, to the prayer group at church I wanted you to know what's going on little wake up call from my husband I'm at peace God bless you well father god this is a story of just a miraculous moment of, of you keeping them from death in a reckless movement of a young man who could have easily died and could have taken two beautiful souls with him. So, Father, we begin by just thanking you, thanking you for the protection given, thanking you for allowing them to continue forward and still walking this earth with Jesus. Father, we'll begin our prayer tonight for the young man and pray that he finds a humbling moment in all of this, that during this process, the prayers for him now and the prayers that were extended earlier by this family will help him understand how blessed he is that he's still here, will help him find a way to Jesus, and may he find an encounter with Christ in whatever form you bring. 
and he can build a deeper and more personal relationship with Jesus and understand how fortunate he is in this moment. And Father, for these two beautiful people that have asked for prayer, as you know well, they've been through a lot this last year, a lot of spiritual attack, and this yet is yet another attack. So we begin prayers for them with just rebuking any sort of demonic force that's around them. They have been through so much, and yet their faith has only grown stronger. We pray for their continued strength in Christ. We pray for miraculous healing of both of them. They've also had attacks physically this year on their health, and we just pray that this one now, and this is just the moment in time where we declare health and healing, Father. We declare it in Christ's name that these two, two beautiful people be healed by the blood of Jesus, that through this, their love in you, their foundation in faith just becomes ever stronger. And as it becomes stronger, they continue to be a beacon in their community, in their church, to show others and represent kingdom in such a glorious way that true faith can get us through anything. So thank you, Father. Thank you for their for this miracle of keeping them safe. Thank you for this miracle of keeping this young man from death. And may this experience strengthen again his relationship in Christ. And may he be blessed for the prayers given by the two that hit him. And may those two, the two that he hit, excuse me, and may these two beautiful people heal rapidly and restore their bodies to the perfection of kingdom. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Now I've got an amazing update. As you know, throughout the week, we have been praying for Shelly. And Shelly, and we've been getting updates from the husband, Tim. I, I don't want to take any specific credit, but I just want to note that today we made a very intentional act of declaring healing in the world and declaring our authorities. And I think this is a really important point to reflect on. I know there's many people praying for Shelley, and I'm not taking saying that we were the ones that have brought this good news. But I also don't think it's inseparable that as we begin our prayers today and we declared healing with the authorities given to us, suddenly we get great news. As you know, Shelley's been in and out all week. They have, she's not been able to wake up or open her eyes. They've had constant surgeries with this aneurysm she's had. So I want to read this because this is really amazing. This is day 10. This is from her husband, Tim. He writes, It is honestly hard to believe it has only been 10 days. Seems like forever ago that the ambulance came to our house. I have been hesitant to post over the past 24 hours because the level of uncertainty is always so high. Every hour, something different is happening. Another alarm is going off. Another doctor is coming into the room. And we just don't know for sure if we are making progress until today. Our specific prayer for Shelley to wake up has been answered. She is able to open her eyes and recognize faces. She makes some facial expressions, probably most of, at us wondering why we are standing there staring at her. They were able to remove her vent tube late this afternoon. This is a huge relief and an answer to many prayers. We still have a long way to go. Her brain has been damaged by the cranial pressure as well as from strokes she suffered from the hemorrhage. To what extent, we still don't know. A lot of her vital signs are still up and down and need to stabilize. The EVD is still draining relieving pressure inside her cranial cavity, and it will remain in for a while yet. Thank you to everyone who has been praying, and I really believe being specific about what we were asking for was answered. So what's next? I'm praying for her internal cranial pressure to normalize. This will allow them to remove the EVD and may move her out of the ICU and reduce the risk of more strokes. Today has been a huge blessing and I'm feeling hopeful. 
We are still in an immediate family-only situation for visiting. I'll let you know when that changes. In the meantime, keep the prayers coming. They are working. Oh, Father, thank you. We have opened our hearts, and here again we're reminded of the power of prayer and the authorities given to us on this earth. Father, this is a couple that we have experienced from an outside perspective, the glories and wonders of what love is, the commitment of one to the other, no matter what the situation. And at a time like this, when there's so much war being waged on the principles of love and the assault on our faith, you've blessed us all, Father, with a realization of miracles of healing. So, Father, we proclaim more healing. We declare healing for Shelley in a most amazing way. Father, we know that you can restore her. We know that this moment in time as she's opening, as the worries are out there about the sensitivities of her situation with her drainage, with the EBD in her head, Father, We just pray again for the miraculous healing that she can overcome all of this, be moved out of ICU and have a rapid and incredible healing, a miraculous healing, to restore her to her full capacities, to overcome every odd, to be an overcomer, and to stun those in the hospital, leaving them without answers for their medical solutions and realizing in their heart that the only way this could happen was to the glories and love of you. Jesus, we just ask that you'll continue to sit with her and through the blood of the cross to heal her, to restore Shelley, and to continue to strengthen their love through the love in you. Thank you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, confirmation if anyone needs it. I just I say that because it's nice to hear positive results, but more importantly, it's a it's a reminder. I look at this like a training situation when you're on a range, and you can shoot all day long, you can dry fire your pistol all day long, and you can get very good at targeting and dry firing. But when you draw and you shoot and you hear that clang of steel, you know confirmation that you're on target, and it's. It's a confidence builder. It reminds you that all that practice, all that focus, all that discipline is starting to pay off. And it starts to happen more frequently. Patriots, we have, I don't know, I'm something like 60% of our prayers are answered within two weeks. And these are not small things. This is not a small event. Any more than we've had cancer cured, We've had babies come home from the hospital. These are amazing. And all of this centers on our hearts open to heaven, our humbleness before Father. And I truly believe that this is centered as well on our willingness to step into the realm, into the place where Father intended us to walk. As the children of the Most High to embrace our gifts and do it without doubt, to do it with confidence. And confidence is not arrogance and it's not pride. It's just understanding that as we step in, when we declare something, it may not happen in our timeline, but we know in our heart that it will happen. And that's the most most amazing and powerful thing. We've talked a lot about the sourdough revolution. And I, for me, bread is scriptural and it's foundational and it's at the center of this is building community and building fellowship. And today I was talking to Pastor Anthony, who's from Naples, Florida. You will, uh, he will be at most of the Bards Fest, so whichever one you end up going to, I'm hoping to get him at every one. But he gave me a scripture today I wanted to read to you. And I just, I just love this. This is Acts 2, 46 to 47. 
day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow. You know, I've said to you, Father put on my heart the sourdough revolution. But when you find the scriptures like this that basically speak to that exact thing, we just realize how magnificent and glorious our Father is and how wonderful he is in guiding us to the places that he needs us. We, we are lit- really living in amazing times. In the last hour, it was a very intense show. It's an intense show because we walk a very difficult balance. And it's probably easiest or most uh, simply defined in one word, meek. But we don't understand that word, unfortunately. Not enough. I'm not saying we outrightly don't understand, but we confuse meek with weak. And it's not that at all. Meekness is greatness as a warrior. And as we start to balance the mightiness of the sword of the spirit and the sword of steel, and we start to walk in that place, we realize truly our role as kings and queens in training, in refinement on this earth. We are, again, the children of the Most High. And it's for that reason that so much accountability is in our lives, because we truly do have the power of life and death in our words. We're a father. He sacrificed his only son for us. And his only son has given us gifts and authorities that are are just almost unimaginable. The two verses I give constantly. Luke 10, 19, behold, I've given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. When we say no weapon will be forged against us, no weapon forged against us will succeed. This is even greater than that because saying that a weapon won't succeed does not mean you are not injured. But when what Christ is saying is that Nothing will injure you. That is profound. And we start to realize, if we embed in this, just how significant our place and station is here in this world. And John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And that's all that Jesus did, which in itself is incredible that we have at our reach, but it goes further. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. We become the disciples on the ground with the potential to do greater things than he because he's told us that, he's gifted us with that as long as we completely commit and believe in him. But just like that example of the range again, it doesn't just happen. You don't just pick up a pistol strap it on your hip and walk out to the range and start smacking steel down with high-speed shooting. It takes a lot of practice. You have to learn to draw. You have to learn to aim. The way I learned was a lot of time on what we call dry fire. Drawing and sighting. Drawing and sighting. Dry fire drills. And I'm not some incredible shot. I'm a good shot. But that's what, how I was trained, by one of the best in the nation. And I still am in touch with him. Matter of fact, he's my gunsmith. An amazing man. He was a SAS intelligence officer in Rhodesia, in the Rhodesian Wars. Pretty incredible. So that discipline, though, translates, because then when you get to the range and you've disciplined yourself on how to place the sight, how to sight when you draw, how to do the framing, you've done this over and over. Then you start to find your rounds on target, and you learn then the adjustment from the detonation of the round. You start to learn how to reset the pistol, and that's slow. Slow is fast, and then fast is smooth. 
And speed is not the issue. Consistency and persistency is. And speed comes over time. That's like with anything. So you've heard stories of healers and healers that can literally, they walk with God and literally can heal people just with a few words. And they're blessed and anointed and they're far and few between. But we're demonstrating something every week. And we're demonstrating a power of a discipline that we're committing to. And as that discipline has worked every Friday, it's a discipline now that carries into our daily world. And I hope that you're feeling that. I hope that you're feeling that sense of gift and that sense of confidence that you can declare healing and you can walk in that anointed space. We can stand where the captain of the guard of the captain of the Lord of hosts army stands. We can say we're not part of that world. We're standing on sacred ground. It's kingdom's ground. And as we reposition ourselves in this world, so much more opens up. And all of this centers on some fairly fundamental things that run constantly in the opposite direction of the narrative that bombards us. Loving and forgiving heart and letting God lead our hand in justice. But I want to point out something here. Because this is where things get a little convoluted sometimes. Because we say, well, we'll turn to God for justice. That does not mean it's not by your hand. So I say that, so be prepared as you are led. I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17, 41 to 51. I'd like you to think about this in terms of justice. This is God's justice being delivered by David's hand. Then the Philistine came and approached David with a shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he was contemptuous of him, and he, he, for he was only a youth, a reddish and reddish with a handsome appearance. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild animals. But David said to the Philistine, and, I, and this is important here, patriots, because as I read this, David is standing in unity He's standing in kingdom space. He's standing in unity with Father's words. So again, but David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a saber, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you and remove your head from you. Then I will give the dead bodies of the army of Philistines the day to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the earth, so that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will hand you over to us. So even though David is going to go on here and kill Goliath. He's already said that this is not a battle of sword or spear, but it is the Lord's. And that's so incredibly powerful because it's a reminder that as we seek justice, as we walk, David does not have vengeance here. It's evident in everything he says. But what he has is righteousness. And that righteousness is the confidence in where he stands in kingdom, knowing very well that this beast that stands before him, who has defiled, defied the gods and gone so far as to curse the gods, this is a red line that will, and curse de, the, the God, our God. There is a line that this is unacceptable. We've moved so far from this place, but this is a time when those lines were clear. This was a red line. Remember, the army, David's brother and his whole army sat behind them, afraid of the Philistine. And yet David stands before him. And it's not David. It's David on behalf of the Lord. See, this is why I bring up, and as I read this, this is, again, I would say more than why I bring up 
I, this is where it confirms to me why the Lord continues to nudge me to remind in speech, in conversation about the place of the Lord of the host's army, the captain of the Lord of the host's army. Because he's standing where David stood. He's not standing in this fearful place or this place of wondering if he's going to fight. This has nothing to do with that. He's representing God. And when Joshua comes up to him and says, what can I do? He acknowledges you are now standing on holy ground. Take off your sandals. That's where each of us can be. And without saying it, the way I read this is that David is essentially standing there because he's saying, the Lord will hand you over to us. Continuing, then it happened when the Philistine came closer to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. I love that fearlessness. It is the spirit of martyrdom in a way, but he doesn't worry about life or death. He only knows that he is, being he is going to pursue this beast because he must as God directs and he walks right towards him. He runs to him. And I can imagine, this is just me, but I can imagine Goliath's like, what in the world is going on? This guy should be afraid of me. And nothing was going to rock David. And David put his hand into his bag and took from, from it one stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone penetrated his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. That could easily be the end of the story right there. But we remember what David said, that he would strike you and he would remove. He said, the Lord will hand you over to me. David wasn't going to do it. He says it right here. The Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you and remove your head. It was a statement that was made with the absolute knowledge of what was going to happen. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with the sling and the stone. He struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and finished him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And you know the rest of the story. They were pursued and all killed. There's so much in this story that I constantly come back to because there's no me as in David. There is no I in terms of separate from the Lord. That everything in this process of justice is being led by Father. And the only way we can get there is to have a forgiving and loving heart. Love does not mean that it's going to be easy. But he is going to, he loves his brother and he loves his brother's. And he is facing where they could not face. He is conquering what they could not conquer because David is truly walking with the Lord. Impossible odds that are overcome. So there is a moment in our times that we probably all face. I know I hit it one point this week. When this enemy seems to be the Goliath, we talk about the children, the infection of this thinking that is going on to subject and subvert children to the darkest of dark, to even go so far as to physically mutilate them and to lead them to do it by their own hands so that they are forever guilty and forever enslaved in a Luciferian system. And worse, forever on the commitment and necessity to have drugs, which they will never be able to get off as long as they walk that path. I... That insidious hell that is being created right before us, it seems bigger than we can overcome. But as we pray in 
to justice without vengeance in our heart. Understanding that pure evil has no place. And we pray and to let God lead us to justice and to bring justice. I only say this, be prepared. Because God is going to lead us to victory here. And there is going to be justice and it will be brought to this land and there will be a restoration of justice. But when we keep looking to politicians and judges and attorneys to bring it, they have little to do with Father. That abomination of a system has turned its back on God long ago. So I only say this in the sense that we walk a very powerful path. And as we step into this path, some will walk the path of Esther, but don't forget what Esther was able to bring about. Some will walk the path of David. Some will walk the path of Gideon. Some will walk the path of Joshua and others in Scripture. But each one of these was led by Father to bring a justice to the world. And each one has real consequences, real effects. And as we lean into Father for justice, as we release that burdensome hatred, anger, frustration, vengeance, these emotions that enslave us and chain us to this earth, and instead we step into that place of the captain of the Lord of Hosts army to proclaim this to be of kingdom that we represent Father. I can't tell you where that's going to lead, other than whether it's from prayer or to sword, justice will be delivered and we will be part of God's justice. And I find that to be amazing. I think it's actually quite incredible. And to me, that also gets into the deeper part of what it is about to have him have to have had his son sacrificed for us. Each of these steps where much is given, much is asked. And as we lean into this and we walk more deeply in this, it is a responsibility. It's not just a casual thing. We're not doing magic tricks to heal people. We're not doing magic tricks to walk and proclaim kingdom and dance around and act like it's no big deal. This is serious walking. This is serious commitment. This is serious warfare. But it's part of who we are. And what an anointed place to walk as disciples of Jesus and our Father. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these moments, and we thank you for the blessings given to us. We are humbled in these moments as we reflect deeply on the depth of what has been given to us and what was sacrificed for us. We sometimes pass over this in semi-casual reference to Christ was sacrificed for us or that we've been, we are the children of the Most High. But in this evening tonight, Lord, as we reflect on David or Gideon or Joshua, Moses or Esther, just to name a few, the realization of who we are settles into our hearts. It's humbling. So, Father, we, we sit here tonight with humbled hearts. We sit here tonight knowing that you've placed us each in a station in life where we need to be. That the war drums are beating. The enemy is on the march. But the enemy doesn't understand us or foolishly denies us. And this enemy has no concept 
of the greatness which you've put within us as the children of the Most High. Father, we pray for strong hearts right now. We pray for righteousness within our hearts. And we pray for mightiness on the battlefield. And let us not be mistaken or try to tease ourselves and our thoughts. For the battlefield is real. It's just outside our door. It's around us. It's in our communities. It's attacking daily and never sleeps. But let us not ever be intimidated. For you have given us the authorities to step on snakes and scorpions. And you've given us dominion over all evil. It's time for us now, Lord, to step into that anointing, to be what you've asked us to be, to grow into the mightiness of the children of the Most High. Baby steps to strides. Guide us, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Each of us has a way within our relationship with Father of where He wants us to be and how that warfare manifests. And we see that throughout Scripture. But however that is in your life and whatever that is in your relationship with Father, be the David and run towards the Goliath. Don't be hesitant. Don't be cautious. When God releases you, be bold. Be fearless. And if that's fearlessness in the eye of the enemy in praying, or if that's fearlessness in a confrontation at a school board meeting, let us always remember that the Word of God is mighty. And that's the beginning of our tools of war. And as we wield that, We become the soldiers under the banner of Christ. We revive the many, the mighty men and women of God. And we create a new era in which it's not us, but the legends are created within the love of God. Our world needs this now. So many wandering, so many being thrown under the influence of darkness. We are on the front line of this fight. And until that very day that Jesus returns, we are truly the power of life and death. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I hope you have a blessed Sunday. For those of you that I know there's at least one in our community that is celebrating Easter this weekend for their faith, bless you. May you have an amazing weekend. And may your relationship and experience with Christ be as real as ever. May we all have a blessed weekend, a safe one, and I'll see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something, I just want to breathe again, dive into the Get back in my body